I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov. And my name is Colin Drucker. And take a drink every time they say the name Alex Sokolov in <laughs> So much vodka. That's the, I mean, it's... I know it's probably just water, but it made me hungover just like looking at her. Honestly, was, my biggest takeaway by like, especially binging this show, like the, the binging the season again, yeah. you know, by like episode six or seven, I was like, you know, clutching my, my left side or my right side, wherever my liver is, I was just clutching it and clutching it. It was, it was touch and go there till the, till the last episode. I know. So many little bottles. I was like, how did she not get caught for stealing them? I have so many questions. Right? But also, you know, they're complimentary, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Says. Yeah. See, that that could have been your little opening line. They're complimentary. <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. There Kaylee Cuoco, no, she better do, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco, no. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. We're here to talk about the flight attendant. I finally did it. I pressed play and it was a pretty, I I don't want to say a pretty quick binge because I did take, I went to Erie over the weekend. So I had to take a little bit of a break, but I did watch an episode here or there because my goal was to get it finished by the time we recorded, obviously. Um, But it's one of those shows that is set up like just perfectly it's like dead to me and like all those other shows and like mayor of east town where you just like something crazy happens in the last second and you have to keep you have to keep going yeah oh yeah totally i uh i think by the time i had watched it yeah i was very late to this um so the whole eight episodes were out but if i was watching this like a you know uh, a different kind of human being that watches things when they come out I the 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 suspense week after week I wouldn't be able to take oh, it. Yeah. yeah, I I kind of forget that shows still do that honestly because I don't have cable. I have every streaming platform under the sun, and most of the time, seasons are just kind of dropped. But HBO is one of the I I'm assuming more than just HBO, but um, they do you know weekly episodes. I forgot about it. It seems like so archaic, but it's not. Like obviously TV regular tv like on cable comes out every week but it's just i'm glad i didn't to your point yeah or i'm glad i didn't like watch it when it was live because that would have drove me crazy yeah yeah you know there's a there's a benefit i some may say to putting things on the list <laughs> there we go i mean i've been waiting <laughs> yeah validated finally yeah. yes yes yeah there's a method too. to my madness of putting it on the list uh so yeah. Uh, yeah. So walk me through your 
your first time watching this, and I, I know you probably did a little bit of brush up to, you know, to ask you to watch the whole thing again. Is it, That's kind of a tall order. These episodes are, they're like 40-ish minutes, I'd say. So, but um, what were your overall thoughts? Like, obviously, we have, like you said last week, it's like Kay- the Big Bang Theory's Kaylee Cuoco is mm-hmm. now Kaylee Cuoco. Right. How was that transformation for you? You know, I... I went in because I watched this. I I did I did in fact rewatch the entire season because it had been at least a oh, few wow. months. Yeah. Okay. But oh yeah. The benefit of fun employment is that yes. You know, granted, I could have leisurely taken my time with this because we made this decision a week ago, and then yesterday I was like, oh gosh, I haven't watched any of the flight attendant. What day <laughs> is it? Oh, we're supposed to record in twenty minutes, and so I had to kind of cram it in, but um. The first time I watched it, uh, which was probably earlier this year, I yeah. I think it was kind of like I just wanted to know why her name kept kind of coming up as, you know, mm-hmm. Golden Globe nominations or Screen Actors Guild. And I just had that smug, crummy smile on my face of like, mm, yeah, Callie Cuoco. Yeah, we'll yes. see about that. Like, I just was so smug. And, but I just want, you know, and it was one of those things, this was a, we talked about last week, you know, just press play, just press play. What's the worst yeah. that could happen? And I, and I, and I'm curious if this was your experience as well, but I found that the flight attendant, now if anyone who doesn't know, because they didn't listen to the last episode, which is fine, I'm like mildly offended, but it's that, it's fine. <laughs> uh, just press play is just like, we talk about, oh, I really want to watch this. Oh, this is on the list. Oh yeah. I mean, to, I meant to watch that. And there's so many reasons to not watch something. And sometimes you got to just press play and let it go for 10 minutes and see what happens. And I feel like The Flight Attendant is a perfect just press play show uh, because it sucks you in immediately. Did you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree with that, too. It's like it's fun. It's sexy. It's like a, a sort of like not a murder mystery i hate saying that but it is you know it's like you're trying to figure out what happened to her and unfortunately when keon watched it i think he started to tell me about the first episode because it's a great pilot pun intended oh wow, wow. um but even it's like, <laughs> yeah even that like first 10 minutes like even that yes. very first episode i feel like it, it you know because that's kind of i think that's the hump of a new show is like okay how yeah. long is, how long is it going to take before i care about these characters how much exposition do i have to get through like i just wake up in a cold sweat thinking about westworld you know <laughs> like yeah of like yeah. oh god when is this gonna get interesting and sure with the flight attendant it's just like bing bang boom and the editing the way there's like you know split screens and yes. in all these different like effects where you're just swept right into it that by the time, like you know, the the, the the central story starts, like you know, you're you're at uh, you know, you could take your seatbelt off, you know, you could get up gonna and say, move yeah. around the cabin, you know. <laughs> so many airplane uh, airplane puns ahead, everyone. It's yeah, good. yeah. So uh, you know. yeah, I agree. I think that um, I, Keon, I guess to finish that thought too, Keon told me about like what happens in the first episode, so I was not as like shocked. I, as like I would have been had I not heard anything about the flight attendant and just gone in fresh as far as just like, you know, the murder and how it happens and how it's like, 
I was asking Keon, I was like, what would you do in that situation? Like, what would be your plan, Colin? If you wake up, you hook up with someone and their their throat is slit next to you and you didn't did it. You didn't did it. <laughs> you didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't did it. I did it. I did didn't it. did it. I swear. Um Yeah, I I don't, I mean, I don't blame her for anything that she did, but I don't think I would have tried to clean it up. What would you, what would have, I can't say that. What would you have done? There we go. Yeah, I (laughs) I don't think I would have cleaned it up either. I don't think that would have been, I I think I would have touched anything. Yeah, Yeah. I I would have tiptoed out and, I mean, I wouldn't have like, you know, run away, but I would have distanced myself from the situation as quickly as possible. Yeah. you know, yeah, that that was maybe her first mistake, other than all the, the drinking and everything else. But, um, yeah, this this was one of those situations where, especially the first episode, you're like, oh, my God, you're just making it worse. You're just making it worse. Stop. Oh, God, you when know? she was trying to clean up stuff, too. Yeah, it's like, I guess my biggest thing was, like, I would be so afraid that I would have forgot something at the hotel, number one. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect sort of crime or like sort of framing, I guess, someone because they were too drunk to to remember anything. And like, when, right. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I was like blackout drunk because I just my body can't handle that. But I can remember, you know, a lot of times recently where like the, the end of the night got a little fuzzy. And even then it's it's like almost impossible to remember everything. Um but yeah, I probably would have just ran out of there and hoped that the cameras didn't catch me and, you know, but I would have probably left like something behind and I would have been stressed about it. But it's it's the perfect sort of, um, you know, springboard for the entire show and just kind of putting the pieces together afterwards. So I think to kind of answer your earlier question of like the, the journey of Callie Cuoco from the Big Bang Theory to like, oh, Ms. Cuoco. Uh, your table is ready. I, uh, <laughs> it was really in that first episode. It was like when she was having a panic attack on the bus uh, with the flight mm-hmm. attendants and, you know, oh, that God, the, yes. the scene with the ice bucket with the, with that pilot and um, that panic attack in the hotel room in Seoul, like all of that. I was like, what's going on right now? You know, yeah. do I need to watch the Big Bang Theory? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, Colin. I'll yeah. answer that question right, right. now yeah. for you. Yeah, Ron Howard narrator come in, comes in and says, you don't. Yeah, I... <laughs> yes. yes. He does it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, um, you know, the Big Bang Theory is the Big Bang Theory. and like, I, But I, she's been in the game for a while. It's like, does Kelly Cuoco have the career that Amanda Bynes could have had? You know what I mean? There's something very similar about their types. Like, they're both, like, I just think, like, it could have been her. I was like, who what else? What, who else would I have cast in this role, too? But I think she has, she's had it within her. Like, I think it's just, like, seeing her in a different light. And it's really cool to see it. Well, and, and I realize that I, I probably have never seen her in anything else before. I yeah. Think the only other thing she's been in that I've even heard of was, like, Oh, she she did a she, she did, lent the voice of Kirsty for seventeen episodes of the Bratz TV series in two thousand five. So or two thousand six, awesome. excuse me. So I don't know how I missed that. Being the Bratz <laughs> fan that I am, uh, I guess she was. Wasn't on a, she in like Eight Simple Rules? Yes, she was in Eight, like eight Simple yeah. Rules. Yeah, which was the John one Ritter. with John Ritter. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And I think that's maybe the only other thing I've heard of that she was in, and I never watched Eight Simple Rules. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for all intents and purposes, I I really was just 
judging her by association, but you know, now I'm I'm keeping an eye on her. Now, I, you know, of course, you know, we're going to I'm sure talk about her this episode, but I hot take, do you feel like all of the awards buzz is valid? I think so. As far as just having someone, you know, now that Catherine O'Hara is out of, I shouldn't say out of the way, she's no longer eligible. Um, it's like, I, I love that she's in the mix. I love that this is get she's getting the attention for this. And I really do feel like, I almost said like, this is the start of something for her, but obviously she's been, you know, she's been a part of the Big Bang Theory for like 800 years too. So it's not like she could do many more projects outside of that too. So I'm excited for like what's to come of uh, of her like post emmys leading up to the emmys like is she going to win i don't know it's like i haven't seen anything else to compare it to like you know if it's not the same category but like is there like a mayor of east town caliber performance that is just gonna like take over or something and lead actress for a comedy but I think that she's definitely worthy of the emmy nomination for sure if not the win but it, it's like time will tell as well. Yeah, and you should then see Hacks because that is I yeah, think, hacks, a performance to, hacks, to yes. you know. And there may be others that others feel strongly about, but those are the two that I'm, you know, I'm keeping an eye on. Um, uh, the flight attendant, uh, just be you know, as we are the best supporting podcast, you know, it is worth mentioning that it is also not only a great featured performance by Callie Cuoco, but a really, really strong supporting cast as well. Yeah. I, I was... Go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, I was going to say, I, I definitely... Um, there were some... Like, I, I made a list. I made a list of my five yes, BSAs please, of, of the flight attendant. And I... Where it ended was different from where I expected it to end. Like, my... If I made an early prediction after episode one or two, I may have said, here is the ranked order. But by the end, I have a different order. So uh, deep tease there. But indeed, uh, a great supporting cast uh, and mostly women. I also loved, that was another thing I also loved about the flight attendant is that in terms of the, the people getting things done or being at the heart of the action or being involved, um, beyond just Callie Cuoco's character of case of Cassie, uh, it almost always involved a woman or all women. Yeah. I mean, BB Newworth, I hope she's on your list. B- well, <laughs> as BB her boss. Newworth, I mean, like I love the it. weirdest cameo where it was like they, and, and all she had to do in either of her scenes was sit and talk. And in one, in know, one of her no scene, one. it was just on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another weird cameo, and this is a deep cut too, but Anne Harada is her name. She was the the woman eating the steak in the kitchen uh-huh. when um, Zosha Mamet, and she was like, she was in the original cast of Avenue Q. She was on Smash. Oh. Uh, she played the stage manager on Smash, and she was, you know, severely underused because she's amazing. And uh, she was also like in the revival of Cinderella on Broadway. She's been around, but it was just so funny. I was like, oh, Anne, we need something for you. We need a vehicle here. Right, right. But, you know, fine. Eat that steak. Eat that steak. Sounds like a great day of filming to me. Gosh, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Get your, uh, you know, get your get your day rates worth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I I kind of thought today, because, you know, obviously there's, there's so much. It's eight episodes, 45 minutes each. You do the math. So there are 
there's a ton of scenes and moments to queen out on. So my thought, and you know, obviously whatever you want to bring up or you know feature sure. as well. But my way of approaching the flight attendant this week was to um, to highlight my five BSAs of the flight attendant. I love that. I think we can definitely do that. I'm making one very quickly. I'm I'm putting my my list my list together as we speak. And I think I have, why don't you start with your number five? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go from there. And then I'll go with my number five. Yeah. Um, Now, it it feels silly to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Spoilers may come up and about. I think any episode we've ever done has always included spoilers. Uh, So uh, that's that. That's your disclaimer. Um, Yeah. Sorry about it. And yeah, if if you haven't seen The Flight Attendant... um, Go watch it. It's on HBO Max. It's great. And Kelly Cuoco is amazing in it. So, um, yeah. so I, you know, I, I, we've done episodes like this in the past where there's kind of the ranked list. And I was like, oh, that might be fun to do again. I miss the ranked yes. list, you know? And uh, I, 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 I gave it some long and hard thought. And I think number five on my list, it's a little bit smaller of a role in the show, but it would have to be. Janet Sokolov, played by Anne Magnuson. Oh, great choice, yes. Colin. Yes. Uh, who's Alex's mother. She is, I just, I think she probably shows up in maybe two episodes. There's really just like the funeral, I think yes. the third episode, the with the funeralium episode. And then I think she's like on a phone call in the second episode. But in any event, relatively small role. But, oh, is she just like the, the cold evil henchwoman of the movie, I or the movie of the show. <laughs> it just it was she was just so chilly and so icy and yet like so fascinating. Like I love that scene when Cassie and Janet are in that like um that sunroom and they're they're looking out the window and um and Cassie says, Oh I'm sorry, I don't you know, I don't I don't mean to interrupt and Janet just turns and looks looks at her and says, Then don't and then turn yes, it back out the window. Yes. It just oh, and then when she goes out to confront the cops in the car, and she, I think she says, um, "Can someone please tell me why your pre-owned sedan is leaking oil on on my yes. pristine driveway?" Which is just great writing. But I just yeah. she was great. Just like what a sort of great featured role, and um, I just I I kept thinking the whole time, like the one of the running themes throughout the show was just how. Um, sort of gender swap of like your typical espionage movie or show from like the 60s, or the 70s or the 80s or even the 90s where I felt like the men in The Flight Attendant were almost playing the stereotypical kind of like spouse or like brief accomplice or like mysterious love interest. You know, those were the male roles where like the women were the hero and and you know, the sidekick yes. and the main detective and, and, you know, the main kind of like, you know, antagonizing energy. And so I, I felt like in that scene at the house, the husband was so just like, oh, honey, don't worry about her. And, and Janet was just this like stone cold bitch who was like in control and surrounded by henchmen. And I just, uh, I just loved her. I, I just loved her that. inclusion. So, um, 
So she made the list. Great choice. Number five. Yes, yeah. as she should. As she should. Um, I'm going to give just an honorary mention because I, I just scanned through the cast of women and I, I have to give a shout out to Yasha Jackson, who plays Jada, who's like the other oh. flight attendant that is just like <laughs> so I good. Loved her. Loved her. I thought it was so good. It's like I thought maybe she was going to come in to play later. And she never did, but that's also okay. But I, I wonder, you know, what's on the cutting room floor of like a draft that had more Jada? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She just she was a great sort of like addition to a scene, or she'd have a great sort of like punchline to a scene. I really liked her. Yeah. Um, I you know another honorable mention I would have is uh, Sharon Shetty, who played Jennifer slash Jessica, Annie's <gasps> assistant. Yes. Oh, yes. I loved her by that last scene they had in the in the hospital room when she brings the cactus. Like she just. Oh yeah. I just like oh. really loved that moment, and I think I just loved that character and that she got that moment of like, your name's not Jessica, is it? You're Jennifer. Yes. And, like it's just that was a. I I enjoyed seeing a scene dedicated to a supporting female character and a featured supporting female character. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yes. Oh, this is just. Neither of you are even the main character, and you have a scene together. I love this. <laughs> so true. That was that's good. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so we both have no honorable mentions, and I had a top five. Who's your top five? I'm gonna give my fifth slot. I'm looking at the cast one more time, just to. I might regret to say it later, but not not regret saying this person, but just like the order, really. So um, I'm gonna give it to Merle Dandridge, who played Kim. Hammond, who was one half of the sort of FBI duo that's an investigating uh, the murder because I I wanted to see more of her. She's like paired up with that bonehead guy mm-hmm. who like is intentionally a bonehead. Um, his name is Van White in the, in the, uh, the show, which is crazy. He kind of looks like Christian Bale. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. It's, it's very um, much but, generic white guy. Yeah. Yeah. But in that first episode, I think it was the first or second episode where she has the monologue outside the food truck about how, you know, white privileged straight man, you know, that's in the same position as her where she's had to work twice as hard. And, you know, it's she puts him in his place. And I just loved it. And I loved that her intuition told her you know, that there was something, you know, wrong with the case, that it wasn't quite like sealed when they found um, Cassie's fingerprints on the bottle or something like that, too. I just thought she was really good at her job. I really liked her a lot. And I, I again, I wish we saw more of her, but I'm glad with what we got. Yeah. And I like the sort of, you know, alternative mayor of East Town vibes between yeah, her and Van. Yeah. I think that was the original idea for Evan Peters' character in Mayor of Easttown was to be more like Van. And so, and then I think they then kind of pivoted to making him more yeah. of this kind of endearing, kind of bumbling character. Guy. Yeah. Yes. So I felt like we got to see how that would have played out. Yeah. How about your, I guess, number four? Number four, Colin. Yeah. And this is a tough one. I mean, it's just like it's such tough. Tough competition, and so I'm I'm shocked. This is one of the ones where I was surprised how she moved along the list. But my my number four is going to be Annie, played by uh, Zasha Mamet. Zosha Mamet, I think it's Zosha Mamet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could be Zasha. Yeah, I want to call her Annie or Ani, as we realized by the end of the episode. Or the series is <laughs> supposed to be so. Yes. Um, but Annie, I I loved 
I love that she was, you know, in some ways, once again, much like Mayor of Easttown, it was like Lori. She functioned the same way in the beginning of like, oh, you're the stable energy. You're a sensible calm in the room. You're kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, you're a bit of a rock. And then you come to discover of like, oh, no, you've got a whole bunch of stuff you're dealing with as well. Like there's so much more going on underneath the surface. And yeah, I, I, and there was again, something that I, I loved about the flight attendant was that the characters were all so much by the end were so much more than um, just that kind of archetype. Like even, even the detectives, even Kim and Van, I felt like by the end, it was like, Oh, there's some real nuances to who these people are and um, how they interact and how they're approaching the case. And I, I was kind of surprised that Annie got such an arc. And I think like that scene with Jennifer in I guess the last episode or second to last episode, either or um, was kind of emblematic of that, of like, Oh, you're the, the sort of hinted at subplot of like Annie being a little kind of reserved and, and unemotional or, um, you know, even with how she's non-committal, she is, non-committal yeah. with how she is with Max or even when she says to, Cassie at one point she's like you know in all our years of friendship like you've never seen me angry and yeah. I thought like oh this fr- all of that can just be a character trait that like oh that's just how she is but I like that by the end that kind of got explored and she had a self-awareness about it like got to a realistic place about it and I I just didn't expect that kind of emotional journey for the lawyer best friend's character and the flight attendant you know yeah, absolutely. She she comes up on my list in just a moment, so I'm gonna okay. save my thoughts for that because I, obviously we're gonna have some crossover. Mm. Um, it just depends on who we get to first, but I'm gonna go um, with my number four, who is actually Tr Knight. Yeah, I was really glad to see him. Um, I just feel like I don't know if it's just. I almost, I almost just said, like, enough time has passed. But, like, nothing bad happened to him. You know, he was on Grey's Anatomy, and he was great. And then, like, he just... I, I don't know, you know, I didn't keep up with anything that he did, you know, prior to this or, like, what he's been up to. Or maybe he's just been, like, chilling, which is also fine. But I just... One, I just love that they cast, like, a gay man in a role that... Like, a gay man in a gay role is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Like, I just think it fits so well for obvious reasons. And... His relationship with Cassie was really, really interesting, and I, I kind of wanted to see more of that. Like, even though as painful as those flashbacks were, I was like, "Whoa, this is like turbulent." <laughs> uh, like, as far as just like what he had to go through, and still is, uh, you know, willing to be there for her. Um, I think there's a lot under the surface of that character. And I was just glad to see T.R. Knight. Um, I think he's such a, you know, such a goose. He has that nervous energy all the time. He's great. Yeah, he uh, he shows up on my list as well. So I, oh, good, good, good. I agree with you. Uh, and I certainly I have almost put thoughts. him higher, too. But uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, great. Good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad there's overlap. I always love when there's overlap. And it's like, oh, where where are the laces going to entwine? You know? Yes. Um, yes. So my number three, I was, again, I was sort of surprised, but it was just such stiff competition. But my number three was actually Megan, played by Rosie Perez. 
Interesting. My number three is also Megan. Oh, Rosie well. Perez. Oh, how do you like that? Oh, I'm playing Donatella Versace. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, look where the laces over overlapped. Yes, um, they finally did. I really, really enjoyed Rosie Perez. And in some ways, I felt like Megan's story was this like other TV show that I would also watch. You know what I mean? I... Absolutely agree. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. The idea of like, here is this lonely uh, flight attendant living in Oyster Bay, you know, whose teenage son, you know, doesn't want anything to do with her and her husband's really busy, but they have like a good relationship. But, you know, and I like that. It was like they they seem to like each other. They could laugh together about things like you so rarely see couples laugh about things together in TV shows and movies. They like in yes. a very sort of natural kind of, you know, jokey way. And so I liked that she didn't have this profoundly tragic life in Oyster Bay. It just wasn't, you know, it, it, she was just kind of exciting. going on autopilot. Yeah. It wasn't exciting. And so, autopilot, yeah. yeah. And so she started to spice it up by, you know, with, with corporate espionage. And I just love that. I love the idea that she was, you know, at the mall in the food court with her son. And then like, you know, navigating a handoff, uh, you know, with, with someone of three tables away. Like that's fascinating to me. I love that. Like, yes, that, that she could be, you know, driving to the, the, the scene of a pickup in a minivan, you know, like, so the fact that all of that narrative existed in a show that almost had nothing to do with the rest of the show didn't bother me. Cause I was like, well, I like watching both of these shows, you know? Yeah, I I feel that there's, and maybe we'll get into this maybe after the list or as we're talking, you know, as we get closer to our number one slots, but I agree 1000% with what you're saying. I I almost feel in a way like, it's okay, first of all, I'm always excited to see Rosie Perez, yes, Mm. in anything really. So I was, I the two things that I wrote down that really like stuck with me is the, uh, is like the do you ever feel invisible monologue on the bed with Cassie. She's yep. like, I had everything, but I couldn't see it. And sort of talking through tears moment. And, and the other sort of talking through tears moment was like maybe in episode one or two. It was the I don't have many friends monologue in Rome, which Ugh. was probably her best moment, I feel. So yeah. I was like, Rosie, it's good to see you. I, I just, I, I love her. I think that it's great to see her do something. Um you know, serious. Cause I feel like we're used to seeing her in comedic roles and just like kind of what we've, we've known Rosie Perez to do in the past. Um, but again, it's like, she's in an, she's in an entirely different show and not in the way that we would say that as in, as if like her acting was like just so weird. It was just, did that subplot fit with this show? Like, has it never really intertwined? I thought it was going to, I thought for some reason the, the bad guys, on Megan's that she's working for is somehow going to be related, like to tie them together. Mm -hmm. Is that a missed opportunity or, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts? My assumption was that, oh, oh, obviously this will, you know, this will continue in season two, but I felt like her plot only really makes sense if they know there's going to be a season two, you know what I mean? Because otherwise it's like this all, like the only time this overlapped was the very end when, uh, when Shane busts into the the hotel room and shoots, um, 
not Buckley or whoever the, the guy's real name is. Um, and that's the only time there was an overlap because he was, you know, oh, a C, you know, the CIA agent who'd been, yes. you know, tracking Megan. And, you know, I have my feelings about that. I, I Same, same. I, you know, maybe I'll see, well, maybe after we do our, our final countdown, maybe we'll talk about that as like, you know, how the series wrapped up, but or the season wrapped up. But uh, that was really the only time they overlapped. And uh, I know there is going to be a season two. So I assume it almost seems to me that the story, I know they kind of hint at like Cassie becoming involved with the CIA in season two. But to me, the, the storyline that continues is Megan Briscoe. Yes. I, I did not know there was a season two. So this, this is news to me, which is great because that makes so much sense. And I hope we get more of like, you know, the delicious Griffin Matthews who played Shane. I just thought that was, it was again, such a weird sort of, I guess I'll go with it. But also, mm-hmm. if that's what what they're setting up for season two, like I would love to see Cassie and um, Shane, I guess maybe trying to find Megan, which is also complicated oh. because they're best friends. Like if she gets recruited, like she has to play like you know best friend, and also I'm. It's a really easy way to get into her life. So that's that's interesting to me. I love that idea that like in season two, Shane and Cassie are are teaming up. I just think like, yes. oh, I'm you know like there is something to be said for like a uh, uh like a, a basically like a you know an espionage thriller on TV for your protagonists to be a gay black man and a woman. Like yes, like bring it on. That's yes. great. Like that's, I'm just like, Hey, this is, we are doing something right. We are. And, and, and Rosie Perez. <laughs> yes. So and maybe we'll get more Jada. Who knows? Who knows oh, what Jada's yeah, about? Right? Like maybe there's something we don't even know about. Right. I'm here for that. Us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, honorable mention to Griffin Matthews as Shane Evans. Yeah. Particularly for when they're at the funeral and he's flirting with the waiter and he's like, oh, what's your name, Michael? Is that with an M? Like, I thought it was just like, it was really cute. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, all right. So, Megan. Yeah, Megan. I totally agree. Her storyline was so disconnected that it felt very much intentional that it was disconnected. Yeah. But, um, Here's to season two, though. So yeah, yeah, right. I mean, like get Rosie, that Emmy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if the show just shifted gears, like how they did with like Orange is the New Black, where then you know Piper is no longer really like the main character, but she's a yeah. supporting character, and like Rosie takes center stage. Ugh, I love that. I would love like a sort of like Mare and Laurie plot line where it's like, you know. Cassie has to turn Megan in. Oh my and gosh. It's just like the betrayal. You know what I mean? Oh my God. And and maybe there I, is I a scene that. in the minivan. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I love that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I want to see like a, a casting Freaky Friday swap where Rosie Perez and Callie Cuoco play Mayor and Lori, <laughs> and then Julia Nicholson <laughs> yes. and Kate Winslet play Cassie and Megan. Oh, perfect! Yeah, <laughs> I um, love that. It's like what don't they do that? Where like you know, and like Broadway singers will like 
sing like they'll perform something that they would never be oh, cast yeah, in. Like Broadway yeah. yeah, there's Broadway backwards where it's mm-hmm. like a gender swap and then yeah, or other there's also something that's like I'm never going to get cast at this at, in this role because of type or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's also that. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want that with actresses. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Ann Dowd, oh, if you're listening, I'd love you to be involved <laughs> in this project. Um, yeah. Somehow. Some, we'll figure it out, Ann. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, that brings us to my number two slot. Uh, okay. And this is where T.R. Knight fell for me. It was Yay! Oh, I'm glad he's so high on the list. He was. I mean, I rem- I enjoyed him the first time I watched it, but watching it again, so nuanced. In some ways, yeah. I, I can't believe I'm saying this in a cast full of amazing women, but he was giving me that, that BSA thing we talk about of like, oh, I just... I, I can't look away when he's on the screen and I want more of him when he's gone. And mm-hmm. there was just such a, like, do you know, do you know the movie Airplane? Yeah. With Leslie Nielsen? No. So, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, know yeah. Julie Haggerty in that who plays? Yes, of course. He was, yeah. he was so Julie Haggerty in this, <laughs> in the best way, because Julie Haggerty is a queen, but he was oh, so. Oh, she's the reason to watch it. Right? She's the reason to watch it. But there was a, there's a, a fragility about Davy that I really appreciated. And uh, I I think his best scene was probably the scene outside uh, the restaurant when he goes to leave in the taxi and he just like the snaps cab. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, yes. And it was just so, I loved seeing this character who was like trying to hold it together through all the scenes that we see him. Like I, and, and even there doesn't fully let himself like blow up at her. Cause he just like, would never allow himself to do that but i i think the tension of that the tension of the fact that like davy would never blow up like that uh i yeah. i just i love that i i really cared about his character and the storyline it was just like the more we understood of what really happened in their mm-hmm. childhood i just really i again there was like so much nuance as to why davy even why he was raising his kids the way that he was, you know, like with those rules yes. and like, you know, learning yeah. to, Oh yeah. Like he was really like reacting to all of that, you know, as an adult and they just weave that in so well. Uh, That's yeah. A second watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his husband, Jesus Christ. So hot. <laughs> oh my man. A lucky man. Oh my God. Oh, it just, it's just disgusting. But uh yeah i love tr knight in this it was so nice to see him again and yeah i am not one of those people that thinks that like gay characters should only be cast with gay actors i don't i i I think there's it's different when it comes to race and it's different when it comes to gender but when it comes to sexuality i mean are we really going to deprive stanley tucci of so many opportunities to play gay I don't think so. I know it's like that queen category. Is he a queen or not a queen? Right. Is he a queen? Yeah. John Goodman, a queen. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) You know, Anthony Hopkins, queen, you know? Queen. Yes. Uh, Yes. So I, you know, I, uh, I don't need that, but I will say I agree with you. There is something kind of lovely of like, oh, here's a gay man playing a gay man. I, I do still like it, you know? Yeah, it felt really, really um, good and appropriate for obvious reasons, but just like, it just was like, 
ugh, I love it. It was perfect casting for me. And I love that a lot of those acting moments that he had, like a lot of the nuance that he has to sort of, uh, you know, create on his own or just like one-sided phone calls. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I wonder if like Kaylee Cuoco, like read the lines to him during that scene. You know what I mean? Cause a lot oh, of like how yeah. he reacts on the phone and of course, we do get like the sort of the blow up scene at the cab too. But like, I almost cried when he was at the airport to meet her. Mm. Like, I it was just, I was so happy to see him. And he was just kind of waiting there. And I was like, oh, he's there. He's always going to be there. It's like, I just, I don't know. It just felt really good. I agree. I, I was so, I loved their relationship. I think. Yeah. Uh, Sibling, adult siblings are always interesting to me. I think there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot to explore there. And I think mm-hmm. there was something that felt very real about this relationship. It was like, oh, I, this was kind of like, you know, uh, where, we, you know, again, back to Mare of Easttown, where I'm like, oh, I want more of this. I want more of this. I'm like, oh, I will get more of this. I want to see more. of. I will get to see more of this relationship, hopefully. Like, I think Davey and Cassie, like, I... There's a whole other show I could watch is just about these two these two siblings yeah. and and you know how they're navigating their adulthood after their fucked up childhood because it's there was so much underneath the surface there and I yeah I agree I felt like the airport scene I was like ugh I so love this I'm him. so yeah yeah as the kids are saying these days love to see it we love to see it yeah, yeah. I, one more thing to say about it just because I feel like there's so much again so many layers to like their relationship and how it's written but also like what tr knight was doing is when uh uh cassie calls him when she gets arrested and the way that she like i think it's that moment right when she like gen no maybe it's later but you know correct me if i'm wrong where she actually really comes to terms with how she and her father both like treated them Mm -hmm. and how wrong it was and the and how like upset she was by it and like in in so many ways i'm sure he's been waiting years for her to say that but the way that he's it's like when you he was almost like still after all of that was just like heartbroken and like wanted to take care of her because he is the big brother at the same time and kind of says like it's okay it's okay but like He's I'm sure he's wanted to say that out of anger or frustration and like, um, you know, like you did this and he, he does, I guess, in the cab scene, too. But it's just such a different conversation when when during that phone call. And I, I don't know, it just really was registering uh, for me. Whatever he was doing, working his magic was was working for me, too. Yeah. What stood out to me was when, you know, because she says she does say, like, you know, uh, it, it's really terrible, like, you know, dad shouldn't have treated you that way and he says well dad shouldn't have treated you that way either you know and like yes i think that was like the real to me it was just like like someone someone involved in that moment had done therapy (laughs) you know what i mean and realized like oh yes you were both children you know and uh and i thought that was a really like a real big brother moment and like and to me i thought oh the if I was doing a, if I was TR Knight and I was writing in my character journal, I would be writing about all of the therapy that Davy had done to get to that conclusion oh, yeah. of like we were both children and she didn't know, you know, she was not an adult. She was being treated like an adult, you know. It, but it is in like those little moments you see that of like, oh, he's not vindictive. He will be there at the airport for her, you know. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe he blames her for certain things, but ultimately like the father's the real enemy of that story. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, young Cassie is just sort of going along with it. And Mm -hmm. again, like all these moments she, she finally realizes weren't the way that she remembers them as well too. Yeah. She was also drunk, right? She was also drunk as a kid. So it's like, why would she think anything different or remember anything different? Um, It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that she was getting something out of all that. She like she had a relationship with her father. She had, you know, some kind of acceptance or a role in the family, and and it was certainly a destructive one. But um, at least she fit in. You know, at least her father accepted mm-hmm. her for something. So yeah, uh, yeah, really, uh, yeah. Just I and and I keep saying this, but like this is just all so much more. Like, I was expecting, and I feel like I even heard people saying, like, oh, yeah, the flight attendant. It's, like, you know, light and easy and, you know, uh, just a, a fun little thrill ride. But, like, it is, but it's, you know, uh, it, it's got a it's lot of... dark, too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of meat on the bones, you know? Yes. Um, lovely. I, I'm going to make a last-minute switch here, and I'm not even going to say switch. I'm going to say a rearrangement because, you know, I like I said, I put this list together just now. Mm-hmm. And my number two, I just feel like I'm not going to talk about my number two the way that we just talked about TR Knight. So with that being said, I'd like to replace TR Knight as number, or, sorry, as number two, and I'd like to put my number two as number four or TR Knight, if oh, that makes wow. sense. Wow. I'm going to wow. rearrange because I... La La Land and Moonlight, on stage switcheroo, <laughs> folks. I don't know if, if your jaws are on the floor, There's but I know mine is. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Um, and I, so TR Knight is my true number two. Um, but I, and my number two that I'm moving to number four was Zosha Mamet. And I think the reason why I put her as number two is because I, I felt like... It was the logical choice. It's like who uh-huh. we saw the most towards the end. And I'm not saying it's not a good performance or, you know, but I think I wish this is a writing thing, which I think we're going to get into as well. And when we talk about it, but I, I Zosha Mamet, I don't know if she is queer in real life, but she gives off such like bisexual energy. And mm. that's just my own observation. I actually don't know much about her personal life. Um, or her preferences or how she identifies too. But like, I just feel that I wanted her to be bisexual or, or queer in some way. And when she had a boyfriend, it was fine. Like it worked for me. Like it, it was fine. But like, I just didn't, um, I didn't, I'm not buying it, Gia. You know, I, I also, there's, cause that was the thing that I really liked about her was that she was this sort of, I don't know, like hard ass lawyer and like really got mm-hmm. shit done and like was really good at her job. And, you know, of course, didn't have time for like any sort of relationship. But I I don't know why I just like that character feels like a queer character to me. And that's just one slice of the pie. I'll start off by saying that, too. But um, in general, too, like I think Zosha Mamet was cast well. And I think. <sighs> I don't know, the middle of the show, sort of like, she didn't get as much cool stuff to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and I'm trying to, like, build it up, like, even, like, as you were talking about T.R. Knight, I was like, yeah, I definitely was not as excited over Zosha Mamet as I was for T.R. Knight. And for all those reasons, which we'll probably talk a little bit more when we get into, like, our writing discussion here about it, um, I she's now number four. So those are my... Uh, all right. 
right. Uh, Those are my thoughts for now. Well, from what I can tell, she's married to a man in real life. So okay, that at the very least. There's at least, you know, she at least likes men. Uh, yeah. I would not have been mad in the least if Annie was a lesbian. I mm-hmm. More lesbians, the better. Uh, yes. So I would have loved that. That being said, the boyfriend, Max, I wasn't mad about either because... Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, you know, we've talked about it in the past. It, like... Guys who look like monkeys are my thing, and also like guys He's who look got like a nose. Yeah. yeah, and and he, I think I think he plays Aladdin on Once Upon a Time, uh, oh, the ABC show. Yes, but guys who look like Aladdin are also. Uh, I'm interested. So show me the world. Yes. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Uh, I he was stunning. Had a beautiful introduction. Just, oh yeah oh my goodness just that shower oh my god those cheeks and so <laughs> and that shower also that shower also while we're on the topic of annie max wonderful i also i loved max's role as kind of again this was if in the gender swap version or like the classical espionage thriller version the role of max would be some female accomplice who like is a part of the action for one episode and then gets hit by a car and is in a hospital bed for the rest of the show. Like, yeah, I, I loved seeing like, Oh, it's a man who's in that role. Um, yes, but, uh, the more important topic is Annie's apartment. Uh, Oh my gosh. Would are what are, what is your response to that bathroom? I don't know where the toilet is, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. I would need to know where that toilet is. But in general, like, I I would probably never leave that place. Like, mm. I love how much light there is. I love, like, the arches. I love the... It's almost like... It's almost like a split level. There's, like, a step up from the kitchen to the, like, main, you know, seating area. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of it. So I wonder what the bedroom looks like. Did we ever see the bedroom? Oh, it's all... I think it's all open It's in just a all way. open. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, I it, loved it. It, it, it. I loved it. I thought it was a great apartment. I definitely, I like an enclosed bathroom. I, you know, really my yeah. My, I think at the end of the day, yes. yeah, like my favorite kind of bathroom is a bathroom that is you have to go. It's it's ensuite in the bedroom, but then it's you go through a walk-in closet and then past the walk-in through the through the walk-in closet is the bathroom. You kind of have in your house. Like I was just going to say that's that. kind of mine, yeah. Yeah, you have like a souped up version of that because the walk-in yes. closet is a room. It's a room. <laughs> folks, Flips he has a he has a dressing yes. room. Uh, it's nice. It's, it's nice. It's banana pants. Uh yeah. and then beyond it is is the lavatory and uh that's my favorite kind of bathroom so yeah because it's away from the party like if you mm-hmm. have to use it you don't have to worry about anything yeah yes we, we also have that you know as we call it a pittsburgh toilet in the oh, basement i think about that just, at least two times that's a week. the nightmare for you <laughs> <laughs> i think about that all the like th- more times than i can tell you have i thought about the pittsburgh toilet yeah <laughs> You're like, Amanda Kaczynski had a cat named Corky St. Clair, and Nick has a Pittsburgh toilet. Right. Yeah. Those are the two things. Yeah. I have no idea what my social security number is, but I know these two things. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, and maybe it's it's like this in other cities too, but like obviously Pittsburgh is like a steel town, like very blue collar. Our house in Lawrenceville like was just kind of in like 
the heart of all that. So it, it makes sense. Like this, the, the men would come home from the steel mill and just like kind of, uh, from what you know like the lore is i mean obviously th- but they would like change their clothes there was also sometimes like a shower down there but uh-huh. like if they needed to use the toilet it was there and it wasn't like anything that you would present to guests it was just there for functionality i'm, I'm probably doing a terrible job describing it but that's that's what it was it's like and, uh, it's like yeah. if you have a washing machine in the basement you've just got a toilet on a pet it may be on a pedestal just yes I, there's just a toilet just sitting there it's just sitting there it's just and sitting there it varies depending on like our friend jess just started renting a house and she has a pittsburgh toilet but there there is like um you know it's enclosed but the door it has a door in front of it it's almost just like a porta potty but it's all made of wood and you close it and <laughs> your knees won't fit in it. Oh, God. like it's just like so. So you have to keep the door open, which in ways is even more scary because if yeah. someone comes down the stairs, they're they're seeing it. Yeah. This I don't is know. All, I mean, I'm I'm in a cold sweat right now. Let me tell you what. <laughs> also, like what, a, what a great name yeah. for a band. Pittsburgh Toilet. Like, so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Pittsburgh Toilet. Pittsburgh Toilets. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I mean, that would be a really great, like, coffee table book. It's just a bunch of different, like, photos of Pittsburgh toilets, you know? Yeah, I mean, Uh, anyone who lives in Pittsburgh knows about the Pittsburgh toilet. Yeah, I I mean, I'm horrified by it, but I think about it all the time because I'm also fascinated by it. Yeah, Uh, it's it's something. It's something. Wow, and yeah, there's one in your house. There's a Pittsburgh toilet down there. Man. Yeah. Uh, your house is like a choose-your-own-adventure novel for people who go it to the is, bathroom. It is, I know. Look yeah. 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 We, I mean, people rarely, the amount of times even when we have guests where people have to use the toilet downstairs is pretty rare. And mm-hmm. even with Keon and I, like the amount of times, like, uh, you know, I, I'll go down, like if I'm doing laundry and I just like have to pee, like I'll definitely use it. So yeah. it's, it's, it kind of comes in handy. Sure. Um, but, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I, uh, I see And I'm glad value. we have two toilets. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Uh, now my house anyway. got two toilets. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yikes. Anyway, <laughs> well, I think that naturally uh, brings us to a number one slot, and I wonder what because because of your last minute change, our lists are very similar. I think your number five oh, is it really. Yeah, because you had Kim, minus Merle. Yeah, yeah, you had Merle, and I had Ann Magnuson, and then Zosha or Zasha, however we oh, may yeah. pronouncing it, and Rosie and Tr. Does that mean that both of us have Miranda as our number one BSA of the flight attendant? Oh, yes. I am so gooped because I wasn't sure if that would – not. and this is no, no dig on you, but yeah. I, I – because it was such a surprise to me that I was like, that came out of nowhere. But like by the second to last episode, I was like – Miranda is a queen. Oh, she's amazing. I still to this day cannot place her accent. I don't know where she's from. She sounds Irish sometimes. She sounds Australian the next minute. I I don't know. She's Scottish. I looked it up. She's Scottish. She's Scottish. Uh, Why I was reading Australian. She mentions Glasgow at one point, which is where she's from. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I am like in love with her i just she's great she's so fabulous and you don't this is not a character i fall in love with like the the mean assassin like i'm never 
like it, I'm always like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, where where's the middle aged best friend? But then it was like when everything switched, and she was like, I think probably in that second to last episode when she was like, you're really just a flight attendant, aren't you? And then their whole relationship changed, and I was like, fuck, I could have watched the two of you argue in a bodega for, like, six episodes. Yes. Yes. Oh. I, it was really fun to watch. I, I, you know, she's such a enigma at first, too, and even when she's getting yelled at by what's-his-face, like her boss or whatever, you, you mm-hmm. gain a little bit of sympathy for her, even though you know that her mission is to, like, <laughs> is to, like, kill... Uh, I almost said Annie, Cassie. Um, there was like a split second towards the end. I don't know why my mind went here because like there's the whole scene at the end in the hotel room and she's in the bathtub and what's his face is, you know, they have the big fight. Mm-hmm. And that they said, um, they, or she says like, where's Miranda? And they're like, they didn't find anyone else in the hotel. And I was like, oh my God, was Miranda just like her imagination? Like like some sort of like <laughs> representation of like her addiction or something like that. But I was like, no, because Annie saw her too. But like, wouldn't that have been some shit if like Miranda never existed? Because oh there's so many lines or so many moments where Annie's like, she doesn't, ex- like, who is this person? You, I've never seen her. And like, I think you're making her up. Um, but that's all to say that, yes, I love the moment where she, I don't know who she's talking to, but I, maybe you can help me where she's like, because I'm starting to care for her, even though I shouldn't. And I actually do want her to like survive. Uh-huh. You know when what I mean? That whole she's, sort of moment. Yeah. When she's on the flight to Rome and the guy is making chit chat with her oh, and she's yes. like, I need to go stop a woman from being killed, which, uh, is strange for me because I've never done anything selfless before in my life, but She's grown on me, and my leg is bleeding. And then she, like, closes the little screen. A Uh, perfect moment. I also loved, I loved, 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 I think my favorite scene of hers was when they meet Annie outside, and Annie is, like, like, they... Uh, basically they want to get immunity for Miranda. And so Annie was like, okay, well, have you ever committed a crime? Yes. Okay, have you ever traveled (laughs) under false identity? Yes. Uh, you know, and she's just like, yep, yes, yes, I've done that as well. Yes, yes, I have. Like, she just, her timing on that was so funny. And mm-hmm. it was so interesting to see this character who had, like, vaguely funny moments. Like, I feel like every time she would get thwarted catching Cassie, it would be like a, a sort of a, a cartoonish comedic moment of like, oh, drats, you know? But yes. I just loved how how much Miranda came to life once, like, once she and Cassie teamed up and she was so funny. Yes. In the church, just sitting in those tiny chairs Mm -hmm. and just like her, like chasing after Cassie once she has the meltdown in the AA meeting and just like how she just kind of like rolls her like whole head rolls, like in addition to her eyes. It's just so funny. Yeah. She was uh, like such a surprise to me, but by the end I was like, this is hands down my BSA of this show. I just, uh, because once her character turned like that in the last two episodes, then she was kind of like TR Knight for me, where I was like, I just can't stop watching you. And I just, anytime you're on screen, I'm excited, you know? Yes. And I think like where I was most like, ooh, is when her and um, 
I can't remember his real name in the show, but like the hot guy that's like the killer. Like they have that face off in the elevator. Oh, with and Buckley, they're just like, that pew, fight. Pew, 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 pew. Uh huh. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah those like, arrows. Kill him. Those, those overhead shots of them like yes. duking it out. It was it was just great. She was just so cool and so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I normally don't love that kind of like icy assassin lady, but she was. It works. Uh, it worked. It worked. And I feel like we're definitely going to get more of her next season. Like I, I, I'm insisting on it. Yeah. We're going to need that. If not, I'm going to be really sad because by the end, it, this is like another thing. It's like, it's leading into our conversation about like some of the writing, but, um, uh, like everyone sort of survived that last scene you know what i mean like mm. enrico got shot or something or stabbed and i was like enrico and oh then, enrico um, yeah yeah and someone and like obviously um cassie was okay and like uh and but like the real one i i, I needed to know if miranda was okay that was really the only one i truly cared about right yeah, I you know it's funny. Enrico also felt to me kind of the way Max's character did, where it was just this, this passing love interest accomplice. Yeah. Like, in a James Bond movie, you know, Cassie would be a man, and Enrico would be this like beautiful Italian woman, you know. And yes. Um, and the thing is, whenever I would watch those kind of movies, like I'd be like, ugh, like I'm like clinging to the scenes with the women in it, you know. And they would always, there would never be enough, you know. And so I just. It was so nice to watch like a a crime caper or an espionage caper where it's just like women all the time and then occasionally men. But yes. uh, but yeah, by the end, Enrico survives, Buckley survives, um, and eventually we discover Miranda survives. So uh, yeah, I assume. But yeah, I don't I don't know if we're gonna get any more of Buckley in the second season. But I assume Miranda will be back. I uh, I sure hope so. And we didn't say her name out loud, but her name, her real name is Michelle Gomez. Yes, for anyone out yes. there who is maybe knows that name, I'm looking at her IMDb, but a lot of it, of course, is like, you know, there's some Doctor Who in there. She played Missy on Doctor Who for like, well, like three seasons. Yeah. 2014 through 2017. Yeah, this show, The Book Group, I added that to my watch list. That looked interesting. I was intrigued by uh, it's the, the description is it's a dark comedy <clears throat> that follows an American and a dysfunctional book group she forms in Glasgow as a way to make friends. I thought that sounded nice. fun. And it's on Prime, so... Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. She also... This is perfect. Uh, there's a 2020... Ver- um, it was called 101 Dalmatian Street, and she was the voice of Cruella DeVille. Oh, which is I mean... really... Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Like, I could see that, yes. Oh, yeah, totally. I, uh, I endorse that. Um... Well, I think, you know, kind of our, our last point of discussion was really on how things do wrap up and obviously any other thoughts on the flight attendant. But that, that probably my only real sticking point was the ending was the climax and the kind of like surprise narrative that Shane is his CIA agent and he, mm-hmm. you know, somehow knows to come to that hotel room. I don't know how all of that played out, but to get there just in enough time to, to shoot Buckley and, and save the day. And I, yeah, for me, it was like, I, I kind of wanted Cassie to have that moment. And I was wondering if there was something about not having her kill anybody ever. Like that. She still like the whole show is about her having not killed Alex and that she was never going to be someone who could kill someone, you know? That, I like that a lot. 
I, it, yeah, it explains it, it but it doesn't ahead. have the same kind of, like, narrative punch of, like, her killing this guy who, like, fucking, like, slept with her. And, like, you know, it just – it would have been justified, you know? What? You know? I, I think it was um, – yeah, there's so many things floating through my head now. I think it was episode six or – because there are eight episodes, I think. Eight, yeah. I ran out of the room. Kiana had just gotten out of the shower, and I was like, I need to just tell you this because I think I know what's going to happen. It was like one of those like, ooh, I knew it was – you know, you feel proud of yourself when you can mm-hmm. see – you know, predict. And I said it was either going to be um, the FBI agent, Van White, for some reason because mm. he kept trying to like deflect – you know, it's definitely Cassie and it's no one else. You know what I mean? Like there was some, something there. But like I called Buckley and you know when I realized it? It was when he was out for that stupid run on the sidewalk and he happened to bump into her. I was like, there mm. is a reason that this guy is still around and keeps bumping into you. And I was I was quite proud of myself. I said that to Keon and I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I was right. So yeah. I solved it. Good for you. Yeah. Who, yeah. Needs, who needs eight episodes? We can figure it out in six. <laughs> I got yeah. I turned it um, off. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I thought was going to happen in that last scene, too, is um, that Enrico and Cassie were going to go to the hotel room and he's going to say, I'm going to go get you a coffee. But really, Enrico was going to like hide in the closet with the gun or something like that. So that way, if when you know, Buckley comes out and, you know, tries to kill her, mm. then Enrico would just shoot him from behind. But it didn't happen that way. It was interesting mm. to me. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, there was the part of me that has, like, seen enough horror movies where it's like, don't, you don't split up. What are you doing? Like, go get coffee together, you know? Because it wasn't the original, I know she lost Miranda, but wasn't the original plan for Miranda to be in the hotel room, right? Or yeah, no, the, it was... Go ahead. Yeah, I think that was the original idea was that Cassie would be the bait and that like Buckley would be would follow her back to the hotel and then would break in to attack her, you know, as he ended up doing or he would be breaking in to attack her from, you know, the you know, following her into the hotel instead of coming from the yeah. bathroom and Miranda would be hiding in the bathroom. So yeah, basically Buckley did what Miranda was going to do. Got it. To Buckley, which is an interesting connection. It's like, because they're both kind of, I feel like, in the same line of business where it's like, oh, it's what you people do. You hide in the bathroom. Got it. Uh, Well, not, you know, have you ever seen a Pittsburgh toilet? Nowhere to hide there. (laughs) I'll tell you that. I and I but I do agree like Shane appearing out of nowhere. How did he know that any of this was going on? Was it just some sort of. rushed sort of moment in the writing room where they they knew they had to int- introduce him as the CIA agent CIA agent for season 2. You know what I mean? Like right. That's... Right. Yeah, I I just that's what it felt to me like, oh, that all of that got shoehorned in where like everything else throughout the show, I felt like they really took their time to kind of plot out, you know, like it yeah. uh I, yeah, to me it just it I I didn't really buy it, and I never love when that happens. It happens so many times in movies and shows where, like, somebody breaks in, you know, into the room and, and shoots someone just in the nick of time. Like, I I don't know. I think there's more suspense. There, to me, there was way more suspense in Cassie having to defend herself in that scene, you know? 
Yeah, I just don't know how he knew all of that, but right. also fine. And and I'm, I'm, I'll keep it brief. Like, I'm not going to shit on the show because, like, what do I know about writing anything, let alone? But, like, I just, there were some lines that I wrote down where, like, Annie said, you got Max hit by a car. And it just sounded so weird. Like, a lot of their fights, it was a lot of, like, showing and not telling, you know what I mean? Or maybe the reverse of it. Like, telling, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of, like, uh, they're they're saying exactly how they feel, which they should. You know, if, they, if an argument, like, if it's that sort of moment. But, like, the one, there was a line that, um, that Kim said. Um, is that her name? Kim, the FBI agent that mm-hmm. I, <laughs> my number five slot. Um she just said, you know what? Being your partner is really infuriating sometimes. And I was like, ugh, I almost like threw up at that line. I don't right. know, like, don't, don't say that. Like, just give him an eye roll or something. I don't know. And normally I don't pay much attention to it. But like, it really did like, episode five and six were really kind of wonky for me. But then it, it picked up again. So, uh, you know. Again, what do I know about anything? But it's just something I I don't know if you noticed. No, that's but interesting. Just a couple other things like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I I don't know if I did notice that level of like exposition, but I hear what you're saying, and I think again, everything is is I'm a post mayor of East Town world, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe it's maybe it's that I don't right. know because I feel like so much of Mayor of East Town was a show not tell situation that. Mm-hmm. Um, that even, you know, even thinking of the partnership between Mayor and Colin, I felt like there was so much there that we weren't being told directly. We were just being shown. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I hear what you're saying, but that's... I'm Those just, are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. it's just... You know, they got really... They got to dumb it down. You know, they got to dumb it down for people, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, and, and I know that we... I just wanted to mention a couple Kelly Cuoco moments here too, because I know that we we gushed about her, but we didn't really point out some specifics too. Is like, I think like her watching her younger self drink alcohol, like the single tear that comes oh. down. Obviously, we talked about the phone call with Tr Knights. That's one of her um, best moments. That that yes, the phone call from jail. I was like, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, she. I, Again, binge watching it, she cries and talks through tears oh, so yes. much. This is like Shelley Duvall in the shining levels of crying. It's <laughs> fabulous. No complaints. Yeah, and the last one is like her hugging her younger self, saying, like, this does not define mm. you, okay? You think this is going to be your, like, you think this is your fault, but it's really not. The fact that, like, I mean, how many of us have, like, wanted to go back and tell, like, our younger selves about anything? Like, you're going to get through this and your life's going to be okay. So it just, or, like, with any sort of trauma like that, when you feel like something is your fault or whatever it happens to be, it was just really cathartic as a viewer and I'm sure obviously like for the character of Cassie to to do that we didn't really talk about a lot of that sort of you know the Alex Sokolov sort of in an alternate universe sort of thing but it did work I think yeah it's I mean yeah there is there like it's funny we're talking about like how Megan is kind of this whole other plot and then there is this whole other world in Cassie's head where she where she talks with Alex in the hotel room and I, the second time watching through, I was kind of paying attention to their dialogue to like, and I think they really stayed consistent with this where like anything Alex says is only things that Cassie already knows because obviously all of this is in her head. Like he is, this is not Alex, it's Alex in quotes. 
And I feel like yeah. that's a real delicate balance with the writing where it's like this voice in her head can never know more or have a different point of view than Cal than Cassie herself, you know? So, um, yeah. And I ended up really kind of appreciating the, like by the end I was like, Oh wow. That's, it's kind of beautiful. The way she was like, I'm sort of in love with this idea of you that like Mm -hmm. I eventually have to let go of. It was, I, again, I normally don't love that kind of stuff, but I bought into it. Yeah, same. I think it was a really cool device to get that across because, again, she can't tell anyone anything. The only person that she really tells is Annie, right? Like, and eventually yeah. Miranda. Like, she can't confide in anyone is the word I'm looking for. But, like, um, so, like, Alex has to exist for that sort of, for her, like, to be a sounding board and, like, bounce ideas or, like, just kind of talk it out with someone. So it works. It works for me. Yeah. Um we didn't talk much about Alex, but the one thing I will say is that he, um, he very much like everybody has an animal that they look most like, and he looks most like an ostrich. <laughs> and that's yeah. I did. Uh, you're like, and that, as they say, is that, is that yeah, play us off, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, sure, yeah, an yeah. ostrich. I can yeah. see that. I can see it. There's a there's a quality. Um, <laughs> so, oh, and the only thing I have to mention is, yeah. oh, the music. Oh, yes. I think this is one of my favorite TV show theme songs. It is so good. I just, I just want to watch a bunch of like high schoolers tap dance to this. <laughs> yes. I just get every time I keep yes, imagining it's like so a tap dancing routine. And crazy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's it's good. So that's good. good. It's so good. I just I love this theme song so much. And I never skipped it. And I just the whole I was just like, this is so good. This is what I want from a theme song. I just it is at it is a theme song at a twenty seven. You know what? I skipped it every time. But I Unfathomable. I know. I mean, or famously I think Keon has ruined me because he is such a stickler for like a long, and it might even be like 25 seconds for all I know, but like anything that's over like 10 seconds of like a theme song is just like unacceptable. So we, we skip a lot of theme songs. Um, and I guess that was in my head. I don't know. But like in general, like I'm sure the, the, the music for the show is not far off from like what the theme song. So I'm going to have to watch it. I'm gonna have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'm shocked. Oh, I'm I sorry. understand. I'm sorry. Be- I mean, like, listen, we all we all started watching Orange is the New Black and then realized, like, you know, there's about three minutes here that I could just skip. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because that that to me is the quintessential, like, I do not watch the opening credits. Uh, yes. But uh yeah, the flight attendant, every single time. I would even sit through the closing credits, but oh no, the music in the show is good. But the chaos of the like opening minute of the theme song and the animation is it's so really cool. Good. It's really striking. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, go back and watch it and imagine like a bunch of like fourteen year olds in top hats <laughs> tap dancing like crazy at a community center to it. 
Or that little dog on TikTok that did dun 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 dun. You remember that one? <laughs> the dog <laughs> with this little pause. Do you remember it? It's like <laughs> it was the song you sent it to me, and you were like, "I cannot stop watching this." And it was to the um, it was like shake, shake, shake. <laughs> oh my god, the little. <laughs> it was that one. It was like oh. Yeah, jump in it's the like line. It's like a little chihuahua coming down the yeah. hallway. That's what I, I pictured. That's my version of the uh, the theme song. Oh, my God. That video is so... Yeah, it's... Um, what is it? Harry Belafonte, Jump in the Line? Is that the name of the <laughs> yeah, song? Yeah, it's Jump in yes, the Line. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, my the God. Beetle and it's just song, this like yeah. little dog just like boop, 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 boop down the hallway. <laughs> and the opening few seconds of Jump in the Line by Harry Belafonte will always make me laugh. Like that... that yes. you could that you could make anything any scene funnier by scoring it with that music so um but yes uh all That's that really being good. said watch the flight attendant opening credits it's so good all right i shall Is there anything else uh that you would like to discuss before we uh disembark from the flight attendant no i feel good i feel good all right well oh Guess what? Jump in the line's playing. I put in a special <laughs> request. We're being played off by yeah. Jump in the Line today. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so I'm excited. Dancing. I'm dancing. Um, yeah, I'm 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 tapping my hand on a table. Shaking my speak. bongos. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, before this episode gets taken down for copyright claims, where can people find more of you? Uh, they can find me every Thursday on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you? Well, you can find me on my other two podcasts in the details, A Celebration of Nuance. Peter Peepers Field, it's coming back soon. I've just been yeah. a bit of a post uh, post quitting my job space case yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and of course you can uh, find more of me on R.A. Mary All Star 6 is coming out soon so we're going to be talking about that uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore and of course you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod or you can email us at thebsapod at gmail.com and those peepers better stay peeled because our best supporting after show will be coming out on Friday. And uh, we have some, uh, a few tree things that we're very excited to be watching in the future and to be discussing in the present. So we hope that you will not pass us up. <laughs> That's lovely. That's yes. good. Terrible. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and that, as they say, is that work your body line work 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 Sinora work it all the time Sinora she's a sensation the reason for aviation and fellas you got to watch it when she wind up she bottom she go like a rocket up in the line